Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. Yes, I know the Muffin Man. Who lives on Drury Lane? Well, she's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! She's married to the Muffin Man. Are you done? I'm Is done. Good? All right. And they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming. And that's, that's mine. And that's, that's going to be an hour of the podcast. Yeah, well, you got to do it, so I wanted to do it as well. Welcome, travelers to the what, special episode. Uh, let's call them what they are. Welcome Shreks. Shrekers. And Shrek-alikes. All of us, we are all Shrek. I am Shrek. That is... I'm Donkey Boy. He's Shrek as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are both Shrek. Everybody is Shrek. This is the special episode that we are giving you guys a break from Adventure Time because I know that uh, we get a little burnout sometimes. I know y'all got, might get a little burnout mm-hmm. sometime. So we sat there and brainstormed for a while on what the special could be, if it was going to be Cowboy Bebop, it was going to be an anime movie, if it was going to be another Cartoon Network show. And we realized that Shrek at least has these elements, dragons, princesses, two uh, unalike buddies going on an adventure that kind of fit with the trope of our show, Never Ending Adventure, you know? And I just wanted to talk about Shrek. So. I know. <laughs> Who doesn't, man? Well, I wanted yeah. to open up just like the whole uh, day today. Uh, yeah, unpeel it. Unpeel just it. one layer and at just a time. And everybody onion. has a relationship with the movie Shrek. Yeah. It came out in 2001, came out when I was in first grade, you were in first grade. I'm sure most, a lot of people's like beginning of childhood, beginning of being able to watch like movies. What kind of place did Shrek hold in your childhood growing up? That's an interesting question. I don't know if there's a specific answer for it, but it was definitely the go-to. We are in the back of my dad's car and we're going to see grandparents. Yeah. And we have to have a movie on. And it was Incredibles or it was Shrek. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like that was like, I I was going to say like a, we had a portable DVD player and it was probably one of the ones that was on repeat on car trips all the time. Yeah. You, I, there just wasn't much of a better option. I mean, it's a movie that makes you laugh and giggle every single time. It is. Uh, but we just rewatched it. And y'all, the amount of fart or butt jokes that are in this freaking movie, I, it doesn't take away from the film. So this is not me saying, don't watch it. It doesn't hold up. It definitely holds up. It's still yeah. so good. Well, we, we normally talk about Adventure Time, which we have <sighs> realized- so many fart jokes. Through, what, 12 episodes, 13 episodes of the show, there's been a fart or butt joke in every episode. Yeah. And it holds Lots up. Lots of butt references. You know? So really that's the the correlation is- we were just like, what else, what other what? media or, yeah, whatever, what other <laughs> film or media or TV show talks about butts? How else can we just say butt in a sentence and have it roll we'll on? We'll do uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective next, oh, gosh, where he's talking no. about his butt. It's I a love, great film. I love Jim Carrey. Don't get me wrong. But that one, that's too the much. The first one or the second one? The one both, with the dolphin man, or both. the one with the bat? The one with the dolphin specifically. Oh, this, yeah. That one's not nearly as good as the second one. The second yeah. one's so good. We're trying. Not to get off in, onto another Jim Carrey topic here, but uh, the cool thing is actually- He's not even in this film. I was going to mention with um, kind of it being the car DVDs, and I, I was uh, Googling facts, watching videos, doing everything to prep for today. And actually, by the end of 2001, it had sold more than five and a half million DVDs to be sold, which made it, at the time, the most DVDs ever sold for really? a movie. Yeah, so this was like, I mean, 2001 was obviously- 
the peak of VHS going out. Now, was it was it the first animated film to win an Oscar? Yes, it was the first okay. animated uh, feature to win an Oscar in 2002. It was it was nominated and won Best Animated Feature, and it was up. Was against, that a new category? It was a brand new category, okay. but it was up against Monsters Inc. It was up against the Jimmy Neutron movie. Oh, um, and actually, during the Oscars, they had little fake animated uh, people in seats. So Shrek and Donkey were in a seat, like in tuxedos. Um, Jimmy Neutron and Goddard were sitting there. Like it was, they were really all out for anime. I think they realized that because Shrek did so good, Monsters Inc. was like when Pixar was starting to be like, oh, like let's take this genre seriously, you know? Cool. Um, yeah, and Shrek I, I don't know. Blew all, up, man. All of those movies that you just said were like a part of my backseat, you know, childhood. Yeah. Of riding in cars. I just, it was that or sleeping. <laughs> it was that or sleeping. You know, I think, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just that a, or, a great way to keep us up. And it was that or Pokemon Yellow on a Game Boy for me. Oh man, you we know? definitely did plenty of that. That's oh for yeah, sure. oh yeah. Well, to kick it off, I mean, I'm, I've got some facts. I'm going to lay out some facts that'll get some um, some wheels turning for yeah. some people. I, I just want to say to the audience, like, this is a film that's been out since 01. And there have been so many like visual and audio essays about Shrek. I, I really don't think like you're going to come across some of our own original content and our own original thoughts on uh, Shrek, but there's going to be so much that is going to just like buy, like just because we've seen, like I've watched hundreds of videos or whatever talking about Shrek. I'm sure something is not going to be an original thought. I'm going to do my best to shout out like where I got this from sort of a thing if I can, but uh you know, like there's plenty of other stuff on Trek, but this is just us taking our little shot at it. Yeah, it's our own adventure, our shot at it, yeah. you know? And yeah, that's what I was going to say. If uh, Also, disclaimer for the old episode, I don't think we have to say spoilers ahead, but if you haven't <laughs> seen Shrek, then that sounds no. like a personal problem. No spoilers. But to kick it off, man, so I was wondering, like, it seems like this movie came out of nowhere. You know, it, but I realized in looking at facts that Steven Spielberg actually picked this up in 1991 um, based off of a book that was written by William Stieg, who was like a super famous artist for The New Yorker, wrote like a short story book in, a, in an illustration called Shrek. Steven Spielberg picked it up and they just like sat on it for years. They debated different uh, actors. They picked up Nicolas Cage for the part of like Shrek at one point. He turned it down. Then they that was a, just I'm grateful that yeah, he didn't do it. Yeah, it would have it would just would have been really weird for his the rest of his career. Plus, just yeah. like it wouldn't have held up. Well, I saw movie. Chris Farley was supposed to be yeah. Shrek. He well, he, he passed wa away. He was Shrek. Oh, okay. They recorded. Did he just finish his lines? Yeah, they recorded ninety five percent of the whole entire script with Chris Farley, um, and it was actually a whole different script too. It was a script about Shrek wanting to get away from the ogre family business and be like and be a knight essentially um so that's the ogre family business yeah like being whatever business being an ogre is you know um, the earwax he's got a, a talent for the earwax candles i bet that's what it was <laughs> it's just all they were selling <laughs> earwax candles on the just, side of the road that's such a gross scene and grind Grind your spleen. Yeah, there you go. There's your Scottish. Squeeze the jelly from your <laughs> eyes. Well, then it was like My Myers picked it up, and I, I saw somewhere that uh, he recorded all his lines just in, Eng or in English. Jeez. 
without a Scottish accent. An American accent accent or a Canadian accent or whatever, his typical accent. And then, yeah, it went back through and they redid it. I think uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg was quoted to say like it cost the studio $4 million. I don't know if that is legit or not, but there's some like, maybe that actually isn't what it cost them. uh, I I had read too that it took so long to record the vocals for this movie that Steven Spielberg and actually Mike Myers has it framed on his wall in his house, like wrote Mike Myers a thank you note saying, thank you so much for working so hard on the voice acting for this movie. Because he really crushes it. Well, what other Mike Myers films, like if you're looking into like, well, Mike Myers and DreamWorks too. There's two things I was curious about. Like if you had to say, like, what is your favorite Mike Myers film? And then also like, is there a better DreamWorks film? Like I can't think of. I don't know. I mean, I think DreamWorks has had some ups and downs and I would say this one's up there. How the Train of Dragons is going to be probably like, it's not one that I watched like a thousand times. But it's a really daggum good movie. Dude, Kung Fu Panda. I, I'm looking at it right now on my laptop. Oh, Kung man. Fu Panda is that one, one of my favorite that movies That one was good for time. me for the voice acting's sake, but not as much of like the story arc. No, it's so good. Yeah, I, just, you know, I love it. I love that um, movie. But, you know, so we're talking about like the actors and everything. Well, they finally like lock everybody in. They locked in. It was going to be someone else from SNL and then Cameron Diaz picked it up and it was going to be... Chris Farley and Mike Myers did it instead. So it, it just kind of sounded like this yeah. movie had so many iterations, but it's almost unfathomable to think about. Like we almost didn't have the Shrek that we have today. You know? Yeah, they they redid so much of it. But but is there, I mean, Shrek is definitely up there for me with Mike Myers. Just was curious. Yeah. Do I'm, you have another one? Man, I'm not crazy big on Mike Myers. I haven't seen all no. the Austin Powers. Well, you I've don't seen, need to like, see all of them. But yeah, if you've seen one of them, you know what? It's doing it's yeah. I'm I'm trying to dig deep on any other like deep cut Mike Myers films. Yeah, but, like I don't. I mean, they obviously I'm not a big enough fan to like be able to pull one out. Wayne's of my World, butt. dude. Wayne's World is incredible. It is good. I haven't seen that in a long time. Actually, yeah. we need to make that maybe a second special I later down to, the road. I used to jokingly say like I lived my life by the principles of. <laughs> like the morals of Wayne's morals. world. Oh, man. That was like I, in high school. I'm I was glad like, you're Wayne's not living, World is so sick. I'm glad you're not living in a van now. Oh man, it's I don't know. Wayne's World's fantastic. Are they they're not living in a van? Like <laughs> no, no, but something. you would be living in a van. Oh yeah, I might be. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then last kind of fact before we actually talk about like the, the fun parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, is that these were it was recorded at Abbey Road Studios, which I thought was like super awesome. I was that like, man, really that's cool. like pretty, pretty pro. Like they were like legit with yeah. their their voice acting too well there's another uh music reference here too with the the three guys that founded dreamworks were jeffrey katzenberg who left disney and then uh and was like a part of like the disney renaissance quote unquote and then steven spielberg as you had mentioned earlier who had had the idea for shrek i guess i didn't know that but uh and then david geffen and that's mm-hmm. like Asylum Records and Geffen Records. And he was the original manager, for, or maybe the only manager for Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, yeah. And like, I mean, Asylum Records and all that. That's like it, the Eagles. Like, you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of, yeah. y- y'all can just load that up. But I thought that was so cool. I was like, man, I, I was like, I read that. I was like, I know that name. Yeah. <laughs> well, thought? it really, no, David Geffen's name. It really goes to show like the resurgence of Disney from 89 when Little Mermaid was released. And then, like, that's when Disney started to blow up with their movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Pixar did A Bug's Life before this. And that you could tell that 
people like Steven Spielberg were taking notice and realizing that animated movies are are the future of a whole different genre of how to do kids movies of how to and then like we talking about Shrek it's kind of a kids movie and it's kind of an adult movie too like just yeah. based on the humor I agree yeah and the uh I mean again Jeffrey Katzenberg talking about Little Mermaid like he was a big part of that yeah. you know he did that one and then Beauty and the Beast was another one that He's like quoted to be a big part of yeah. the production of and, and well, the creation of. So. And that's what's so funny is that Shrek takes actually so many elements. If we think back and like there was Snow White, there was Cinderella, there in Shrek 2, there's a reference to the Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's so much stuff. They actually had to sit down with lawyers from Disney and from DreamWorks to do a screening of the movie prior to the release to make sure that Shrek was not being too defamatory. I can't believe they got away if they actually had to do that because supposedly the CEO uh, of Disney at the time, Michael Eisner, is like kind of like uh, portrayed as uh, Lord Farquaad in this film. So, uh, it's, so there's a little bit of bitterness for the people that left Disney. Yeah, well, yeah, Jeffrey Katzenberg. I think he like was supposed to be up for a promotion or wanted a promotion and they wouldn't give it to him. And mm -hmm. so he... Yeah, DreamWorks. Yeah, know. well, no, I mean, that's, that's move. awesome. I have some notes on Farquad later, and when we okay. get more into our like in depth, let's talk back and forth about our lives and stuff like that. I've got some good notes on him, which would which will ultimately probably lead back to yeah to uh, Eisenberg. <laughs> I was gonna say Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Um, well, right on, man. So so we watched the movie the other night. Yeah. Um, when was like when was the last time you saw it before this? I haven't seen Shrek. I think I watched it in college once. Okay. Yeah, That's a while, Just like man. a random like college. That would have been... Six years ago, Six maybe. years ago or so. Jeez. Six or seven years ago. Just like a random like, let's have a movie night. What are we going to watch? I, I was thinking it was... I had a group of friends that would... And parties and that sort of thing. I think Shrek was one of these movies, but a lot of times it was uh, Blubber. Yeah. Uh, oh we gosh. would have a separate room and this was at my buddy's house and they would just like basically block it off and it would just be a, the blubber room. There would be blubber. like two chairs <laughs> and blubber playing on repeat in that room on like a little Wait, box TV. Blubber? Flubber. Flubber. Flubber? Oh, yeah, flubber? you were saying blubber. I was, I was like, okay. Which is the one with uh, Robin with Williams. With Robin Williams, yeah. Okay. And he puts is it blubber on. Blubber a film? I'm just going to keep saying blubber because that's funny. I was about to they, roll with that the rest of the podcast. No, flubber. Sorry. Yeah, the little green guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 little, the little flame boy. No, the little green... Green goo. Uh, little green goo. But so yeah, you had so this little, uh, the, it, the flubber room in the basement. It was just a flubber room. It was, I mean, it was so weird. And that was my friend group in college. And, and I think Shrek sometimes would be on that TV. Okay. And I'm sure at a party that I just was not feeling that I, I'm sure I sat in there and watched probably 30 or 40 minutes of it just to get away from people. Yeah. <laughs> and then, hey, that's, that's being pretty introspective at a party is to be like, hey, maybe people need like a breather, be a breather room. Well, it was, we were weird. You know, it was yeah. just a weird thing that we, you know, man, we need to go into the weird parties that that friend group threw. Hot dogs <laughs> was a great one. Hot dogs. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I don't know when the last time I watched it. I know it was recently enough, probably sooner than six years ago. Or I, and I don't know if it's just the effect of my childhood, but I, I feel like I could just quote the whole movie. Like line by line, I know exactly what they're. I'm glad say. we're not doing that. No, this is not. A, <laughs> I'm glad we're not this is not a that, table though. read of Shrek. There's, oh man, there are so many good one-liners though. I mean, like, uh, the, and that's the funny thing. It's like this is definitely one of those movies that I just felt like, like I quote it 
you know, it has yeah. been six years it, since I've seen it, but I literally quote it like every other day. The lines something. are too good and they they hold up in like situations that you're like, in the, it'd be like, what are you guys doing in the morning? You go, I'm making waffles. Yeah, I mean, that's unfortunately, that's probably the one that I like least like now because it has been said so <laughs> many times, but it is definitely one that is just constantly being said. Uh, dude, it's just a great film. And also this is kind of just random, but like, I just wanted to like hype up Fiona a little bit. Okay. I think I I have I don't have any notes on this. I just think Fiona's an awesome character. I think they did a really good job of I mean, like I was talking to my girlfriend very shortly on the way here and I was I kind of came to the realization is like she kind of plays the audience member for a good portion of the beginning of the film. Okay. Where it's like we're going through and they're subverting the Disney narrative and all that stuff and it's like the the princess isn't who you think the princess is the dragon you know or like he defeats the dragon but does he really defeat the dragon it's an ogre the ogre doesn't really want to be a hero all these things you know and so the whole time though fiona is just kind of like she's like oh yeah like aren't you like you're supposed to kiss me oh my knight you know like in my mind what i was thinking while i'm rewatching this and i'm like yeah this is wrong you know like this is it what's supposed to be happening you know yeah. and, until we start to see her other side. So we start to see her her true self where she's beating up Robin Hood. Yeah. You know, I the, mean, the Matrix freeze scene where she oh, so good. whips the guy with her ponytail. Does she kill Robin Hood in that scene? I don't think so. I mean, I rewatched it. He yeah. gets knocked into a rock, like his head. Oh, he yeah. He falls onto a rock and he's just lights out and then we never I, see him again. I, know, I haven't done Shrek 3 in a while, but I think Robin Hood Maybe he comes back. does have like a, like a re return moment dude that was one of my favorite scenes i i wish robin hood was uh not such a creep because i would almost love for him to be my lovely of this movie but <laughs> almost if he wasn't <laughs> rapey i mean if he just wasn't who he is but he's it was just such a fun scene and mm -hmm. i maybe i love it because fiona does get to beat him up in the end yeah and, and that's actually kind of a funny part of the movie if you really think about it there's not a ton of they, i mean D dreamworks obviously pushes disney to an arm's length but we realized the soundtrack killed it in this movie. And there's not a lot of songs in the movie where the uh, the characters are singing, you know? So that was kind of a funny little Except like- Except for Donkey. Well, Donkey the very Donkey end. sings, like he's like the only, well, throughout the whole thing, because he's like oh, uh, get, on the road again. But that's I like wait, snippets. You know? That's not like something that would make it in the soundtrack. Like, no, but I still think there's to the something movie. to that. I think there, and I, I don't know the reason to this, but I think there's a reason why Donkey- is constantly like the only character who he's like, I think he truly has accepted who he is. Maybe, I don't know. I, I, who knows what the actual theory is. There might be one out there, but it seems like he knows who he is and everybody else is like trying to be someone that they're not or like isn't sure or society won't accept them for who they are. Mm -hmm. And so like, they're all not singing, but Donkey the whole time is just like, quoting songs and singing little tunes. And then at the end, of course, we hear him singing with Smash Mouth. And good, I mean, good little segue bit to Adventure Time where so many times in Adventure, Adventure Time, there's like little moments of them being like, I just did this, boo boop boo oh, I yeah. swallowed a computer, boo boop boop boo <laughs> And so I like, it's, again, I, I, I'm not going to spend the whole, I promise you I wouldn't spend it paralleling yeah. it to Adventure Time, but I had to mention that one. That's okay. We can do it a little bit. <laughs> Just a smidge. But I want to give people a break, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but it's a really good point that you bring up. I I have a little bit in my notes just about pop music as the score. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is something that 
I, I really hadn't thought too much about, but it's, it's just so true. Like, like, man, from the get go, first thing you hear is all star by smash mouth, yeah. which we were talking about when, you know, I think we had like a minor debate about like, when did the movie come out compared to when that song came out? Yeah. Did you look up when the song came the out? The album, I don't know about the song, the album came out, uh, Astro Lounge, which also quick plug, Go listen to Astro Lounge. Actually, if you want to hear Smash Mouth that you've never heard before, uh, Who's There off of Astro Lounge is is a pretty cool outer spacey. I, I I had that whole album. I love that whole album. But that is a cool little tune. It might and you might shy. You might be like, hey man, I actually like wait Smash Mouth. So how when, how long how long before? So 1999 it, to 2001 when Shrek was released. So the the song had already been out for two years or okay. something like that. So this that. wasn't, it wasn't like a, a breakthrough. Well, I did, I read no. that apparently All-Star was just supposed to be a placeholder song. They they didn't plan on using that for the actual movie. And then I think they pre-screened it or whatever. And people were like, yes, that's awesome. Well, I'm sure it it basically uh, exploded All-Star into meme hood. You know, like there's, it probably wouldn't be such a meme song. If no, it not wasn't in, for Shrek. in 01, man. That was that was what was bumping. Like I know, that kind of music was. But then it, was, it became a meme somewhere along the way. I mean, everything from the early 2000s became yeah. a meme along the way. But then, so with pop music as a the score, there's not a lot of films that I feel like did it quite as well as um, as Shrek did. I mean, you go All Star in the intro, Bad Reputation, and this is just a handful. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of cherry picking Bad Reputation and the fight scene against the Knights which is Joan Jett. And then you had Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, which is like this sad, like Fiona is going to marry Lord Farquaad. Uh, and then it ends with I'm a Believer, which is no young performed by Smash Mouth. Performed by Smash yeah, Mouth. Written which, for the movie. Did you figure that out? I don't I don't know if I'm a Believer. But I feel like that's an old song. I don't... Was that? Do you think that no, was written? Old, no, no, no. I mean, like, like the uh, the rewrite. Oh, like Smash I'm Mouth sure. did it for Shrek. I'm sure they did the cover for right. Shrek. And then Eddie yeah. Murphy sings on that also, which is dude. Eddie Murphy just kills it. This yeah. whole movie. He, well, he he was on board from the beginning. Apparently, was like, he? When oh, when they man. did all those cast changes, apparently when they started voice recording, he was on board and never bailed. Like he, and and I would imagine he, with all those rewrites, he just started writing his own jokes because it's it's literally. Him as a cartoon character. Absolutely. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. But so then we go from pop music as a score to music as a character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where this film stands out with the music. Uh, sorry, I have such a long segment on the music. Y'all, oh, but, no, it's, it's a big part of the but movie. But it's such a big part of the movie. Yeah, The so music as a character is done and there's a handful of, of films. And, and what I mean by that is, is like, Music is intertwined so deeply in the film that it interacts with the characters or it helps develop the film. Like the film would not be as impactful without it. And it's not just like, oh man, I love, you know, this Star Wars soundtrack. I mean, of course it's amazing and we all know it. We all have it memorized or Lord of the Rings or whatever, but there's like a difference, you know? And so like a couple of examples, Baby Driver, I feel Mm -hmm. like was a film where the music is so important to the development of that film, Scott Pilgrim versus the World mm-hmm. is another one. I mean, obviously they're a rock band, so like you know, it makes sense. Uh, but also, it it creates this this feeling like throughout the whole film, like this. Uh, I don't know. It's just it just helps it so much. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, even I think, has yeah, that uh, one's that you that one's unarguable. Yeah, like, at this point, that one. And then The Graduate was the last one. I, you could go on for a while with this stuff, but The Graduate was Simon and Garfunkel songs, where like mm-hmm. 
when Sound of Silence comes on, when he falls into the pool, like you feel that on just such a level, you know, and, and pop music has been done and and films for a long time. But then, but I think what stands out here is uh, there is an original score for this movie. Um, and as pointed out by, here's me, you know, giving credit to people where I got, yeah. I got this idea from, uh, or this part of the idea, Sideways on YouTube points out that the main sound, the main theme, which is incredibly iconic at this point too, but the original soundtrack is used as a character in important songs to build, like important character and or uh, build like moments of the film. Like whenever something important is actually happening, they're not playing pop music. They're playing something very serious. They're doing like an actual soundtrack to it. Like a score, yeah. Yeah, a score. And it's it's almost like Shrek doesn't trust pop music to carry those the impact of those scenes. And I, I just thought that was a really cool perspective and, and almost like reason why pop music works in Shrek is because pop music is usually in those like, oh, silly introduction. Like he's showering and he's a, a ugly ogre and this is supposed to be a fairy tale. And to contrast that, you had Beauty and the Beast, you had uh, Belle going around town and they're all like, oh, she's so pretty. Do, 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 do. You know, like, yeah. and meanwhile, he's, they're just like, F it. Hey, now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a bath. Well, I'm a and giant I, ogre. I, think, I, mean, I mean, also they have like almost every uh, bit of the pop songs and that is a montage scene. Yeah. If you think about it. That's it's also like true. The, in, the intro scene is like a montage of his day to day. The fight uh, scene, night is, scene is just yeah. like the hit him with the chair and like him <laughs> busting him up with a bunch of beer. But um, what are the giant and, kegs there for? Do we know? That's, uh, yeah, actually. Uh, what was up with that? We're diverting. I'm, are you done <laughs> with soundtrack? Because I'm about to go on so many yeah, tangents. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, so uh, f- for everybody listening out there, there's. Um, I want to hear in the comments what your most controversial scene in Shrek is, what made you question, because the movie flows so well, we didn't stop too many times and go, why, what's going on? It is was, this going where I think it's it going? It was in the, the, the knights were competing to be champions. Okay, no, it's For Lord not. Farquaad. And the arena is set up with two horses in a wrestling ring and two giant kegs of beer. Oh, man. They're about to party. And also, you can walk. You could just walk into where they're fighting. Yeah. So I was like, giant entrance. What was the con? Was it a drinking contest? Was it a uh, jousting and beer helps jousting? Like, maybe that's what it was. But uh, I didn't see any... um, lances there you know yeah it's a maybe it's a durability thing well there's definitely swords and stuff that yeah. they pick up so i don't maybe they were just gonna like fight in the dirt and yeah. get drunk i don't know it's like, just, i think that was just one of those things where like hey this is silly let's do it you know yeah. like i bet they just were riffing you know in the writer's yeah. room and they're just like this is amazing but that was that was the one <laughs> thing i caught this time where I, I just never questioned that before and i was like that was literally probably Me neither one thing that stuck out to me this time that I was like, that makes no sense whatsoever. I think mine was uh, Dragon and Donkey. Just sitting in the Hallelujah song. Well, no. Montage. No, yeah. I was thinking of when they're in the castle and Dragon is just like forcing herself on Donkey, oh, like yeah. aggressively pursuing him like a little bit more uh, than I felt comfortable with, you know? And yeah. and you could tell that Donkey is, like, he feels pressured. He's not in a power position because he's literally, like, being strangled. He's being wrapped by her tail. And, you know, she's, like, trying to be seductive or whatever. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you got such a pretty I don't, makeup. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. 
I just, that felt a little weird to me. It felt weird. But I think it's redeemed by, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it's redeemed by what you're talking about, the Hallelujah montage, where, <laughs> like, this is, and this is so not Disney, too. Donkey's just like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna, like, get with this dragon. Yeah, they, they don't give much explanation besides they both are alone at that point. And he, they, like, stumble on the creek, and they're both, like, super sad. So they partner up, and that, they I partner up. I think the movie purposely didn't. And they don't stop coming and they don't uh, stop coming. No, that's, oh, now we, oh, we're going to have to mark this as explicit now. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> this is a bonus episode. That was a joke, y'all. Um, <laughs> we're both frazzled. Oh, I'm right. Yeah, you got me off my rocker Get it over together. here. Um, no, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I think. They definitely, yeah, I don't know. I'm off. I can't even, I don't even know where we're going anymore. <laughs> After that one. Okay, okay. Well, so let's... Donkey, but no, but but Donkey and Dragon's relationship is weird. And, but literally like, that is so like, you would never see that in a Disney movie. Like, it's like implied that they're like having mm-hmm. sex or whatever, but they, they totally did. You know, they have kids. I mean, yeah, like. They've got kids in the second, second, in the second, second movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's at the end or not. I think it's but, at the end of the second movie. Yeah. yeah. And then, but how did she, I remember what I was going to say. How did she get free? That's what I was wondering too, is somehow she, well, the chain was only held together by that sword. So I imagine that if you loosed, loosened the tension on the chains, the sword would have fallen out probably. I think the sword, but the chain was, I mean, she still was, ra- oh, do you think there was no end to like at the end I of just the think chain, at there's some nothing. Point, she turned around and blew a bunch of fire on the chain till it popped. Yeah. Like there's there's about a she thousand probably different ways. Broke of, the chain. Yeah. I just I don't know if the chain like has an end. Like at the end, it's tied somewhere or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the sword was just to limit her movement. Yeah, it was um, to stop the momentum so they could just. Yeah, whoosh, I wonder if Fiona could have beat the dragon though. Well, that's I mean yeah I mean unless it was it was really you learn in Shrek too that she was put in the tower. To, and the curse had to be broken. So Fiona probably didn't even want to get out until a prince came to rescue her. So she probably had every capability to get out on her own, but she didn't. She wanted the curse to be broken more than anything else, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and in the right way, in the like fairy tale way. In the way fairy tale way. And that was so getting into the a cool topic that I, I read about, but I feel like we can expand on a lot. Um, is the juxtaposition of Shrek and Farquaad yeah. um, cool. through the movie. that and, and I actually didn't pick it up until I kind of heard lines repeated that Farquaad's thing is perfection, perfection, perfection. I want a perfect kingdom. Get rid of the fairy tale creatures. Um, they, they, lock, they walk into Duloc is the name. Is, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Du, Duloc. The town. Duloc. And you can actually yeah, see. I don't know. Um, there's like a little painter uh, left on the corner in one little corner of a house that's still unpainted white and blue. Mm-hmm. So they had just like painted everything perfectly. The little kids in the in the music box are like, this is our perfect place. <laughs> well, did you pick up, I think this was Nerdstalgic on YouTube. Oh, another shout out. Nerdstalgic, amazing YouTube channel. Like seriously, I love it. But um, I mean, and it points to like, it's like a, a Disney uh, Disney World or Disneyland. Like mm-hmm. that town is set up like, like a, you know, and it, it's almost like the lack of people there. I think it's supposed to be, maybe it's a metaphor for 
when Disney shuts down, mm-hmm. you know, at night and there's no one else there and it's, it's just a ghost it's, town and it's, it's a creepy. perfect place, but it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I was going to throw this Lord Farquaad if they were making fun of Michael Eisner mm-hmm. uh, in, in wanting Disney movies to be perfect and the hero to be perfect and the princess to be the perfect princess and that. So they're kind of poking fun at Farquaad with that. And the whole movie, he's on pursuit of perfection. He wants Fiona because not even to be king, just to uh, have the perfect image of a king and queen. Um, and yeah. Shrek, on the flip side, is imperfect, but also um, adaptable to the situation. Every time anything Farquaad comes across that's difficult, he doesn't know how to adapt to it. It's like, I, I'm he can't figure out how to find a knight to go save uh, Fiona. He can't figure out this stuff. And then Shrek's, one, he's imperfect, um, content with that. And then through the whole movie, you see him adapting to situations. Yeah. Like everything that goes wrong, he just takes the like an unconventional route. He doesn't go, uh, when Fiona's like running down the stairs with him, she's like, you're supposed to slay the dragon and then come get me. And he's like, it's on my to-do list. <laughs> well, he's got layers. Yeah, know? he's got layers. He's and that's, got layers. And, and I that, think we can unpat those layers a little bit unless you want to keep going on no, this. No, no, no. That was... Maybe after a little quick commercial break. Actually, oh, yeah. Oh, man, we do need to get to those ads, man. Yeah, I know. They pay big money. Premium ad space this episode. <laughs> for sure. All right, yeah. We'll see you on Zay. Hear ye, hear ye. Pack your things and live happily ever after in Shrek's Swamp. It's lovely this time of year with new developments popping up regularly at affordable prices. You just can't miss. Live within close proximity of your fairy tale friends and families. Move to Shrek's Swamp today. As per Lords Farquaad, 17th degree, Section 3A, all fairy tale creatures must be relocated to Shrek's Swamp immediately with no exceptions. Enjoy your new home. Not here in Duloc. We are not compensating for something. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back after that ad. <laughs> that's that's how we're opening. That's how we're opening, man. Come on, okay. roll What's with up? me. Yeah, I don't have an accent. I don't have an accent like I that. I talk to you like this, big I, boy. It's much better when you're doing the puss in boots during the commercial I know. break. I can't do puss in boots now because why not? We haven't gotten Shrek too. Yeah, I don't know if we ever. Are will. You baby, I could be. <laughs> I mean, maybe. You know, maybe we'll do Shrek 2 if the response on this one is really yeah, if y'all, substantial. If y'all love it, watch it three times so we can get more downloads and we'll know to do Shrek oh, 2. Yeah, watch it a bunch of times. Get on TikTok, like all their stuff. Just blow us up. Blow us up. Because we need not, the help, man. We're not as big as we thought we would be hey, by we now. Are, we are five <laughs> downloads shy of a thousand downloads. Thank you guys it's so much. True. I, shout out to the fans here. We are five downloads short. We had 13 episodes through. Only 10 have been released so far. And we have almost a thousand downloads. So thank you guys it's so unreal. much. You guys are killing it. Yeah, it's pretty unreal. But enough about us. Yeah, and I want to hit you with the hardest Shrek fact that you've you just need to conceptualize. Okay. And it's just it's just random uh, base fact we we didn't yeah. talk about. Shrek is seven feet tall, has twenty two teeth, has thirteen and a half inch hands, and would be comparable to a size twenty two shoe which means he's about the size of Shaquille O'Neal. How much does he weigh? I didn't get I the think that would be the I didn't get the weight the difference. Man. I didn't yeah. know I didn't know where the weight was there, out there. Cuz I definitely I definitely am feeling Shaquille as you're saying that, but that is that is wild. That's wild. He's a, so, he's a big man. Put that, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, but he's like 
He's pretty agile for such a, a large ogre. Yeah, I mean, he's got to have like a huge muscle base. Yeah. Like he's... And also stretch pretty agile. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Shaquille, you're awesome, dude. Shaquille, I we always, love you. Yeah, come on, come on the podcast, on, man. What was that? Like NBA Street or whatever? Yeah. He oh. was always my go-to. Mm-hmm. He's like the best character dumb on that he, game. Dumb if he wasn't. Um, Man, <laughs> I'll say here's my like hard Shrek fact. And this is just completely... Um, not a fact at all, just an opinion. I don't I don't think the animation style holds up. Yeah, it's a it's it's got that weird they don't have lifeless eyes, but it's it's kind they're a little empty at some parts yeah. in the movie. And I and I remember we we were watching the show or the movie the other night and Russell about three different times you were like, it's just wigging me out, man. Yeah, it's a little weird. I, I think it's the movie still holds up, it's still so good, but there are moments and Shrek, especially, so the one that I just wanted to point out to was when they're walking away from the castle scene and the sunflowers, and for some reason, the director or the person that was writing or drawing Our the scene- director, yeah. Decided on like an upward angle toward the sky. And so you, you just see like a layer of sunflowers, Shrek and Donkey, and it's like right after one of the, what I would, the onion scene, you know? Yeah. So like such an important scene and they're going through and they're just talking about uh, I don't know, I think their quest or whatever, like what they're about to do. But the models, the the 3D models look so yeah. awkward. Well, you got to give them credit. Scene. We're talking about 2001. We're talking about like... I, I totally agree. I Pixar totally agree. animation was just kind of, uh, you know, separating from Disney and everything like that. So you have to give them credit that a lot of probably strategic shots, like the sunflower scene, scene is that it was probably going to be really hard for them to do 200 sunflowers, but it was easier for them to do, you know, 25, 50 of them in a shot. So I almost have to think about it like that. Uh, Another thing, the animators actually, I heard that Fiona was so realistic looking to start off. Like when they did it, they actually had to like make her look a little more unrealistic. So it's not on Kenny Valley. Um, Well, so it, so it fit with the fairy tale aesthetic. Oh, I gotcha. um, That she, so, and I think that they wanted to really juxtapose her human figure and then her ogre figure and make that like, you know, a, a point that she wasn't skinny, but she was still beautiful. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. I think Fiona could be to even what I just said, like the uncanny Valley thing, like Fiona is not there, but certainly uh, that's, I think that's the issue or my issue with 3d models is that like some video games, especially nowadays, you're like, it's getting way too close to being like, is this real? Is this fake yeah. sort of a thing? And, and, my brain struggles with that a little bit. But I think this was like what you were saying, like this was like on the cusp of them figuring out 3D models and doing it in a really cool way. Uh, and I don't want to take away from that. And I don't want to take yeah, away from I mean, it was revolutionary. It was yeah. revolutionary for the time. So it's, like... It's not very distracting. It's just occasionally I would notice that and I was just like, man, I don't, I don't love the way that looks right now. Yeah, the only thing that always got me about it really with the animation was just how skinny Shrek's legs were. And I'm sure that was like a very strategic artistic directive, but like it always creeps me out how skinny his legs are. Or how short Lord Farquaad's legs are. Or how short he is. And how large his tower is. What is he compensating for? He's compensating for something. For something. Let's go, let's do that. Let's go into false personas is a a theme that I started to notice a little bit as we're, as we were watching this and, uh, you know, I guess another way that you could characterize this is I like, don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the whole point of the movie because it's yeah. fairy tale books. Yeah, know? definitely. So, but like Shrek, Shrek himself, uh, 
Fiona, Lord Farquaad, Dragon are, are the ones that I've really noticed this with because Donkey seems to know who he is and he's just who he is. But he, Shrek, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he goes, Donkeys don't have sleeves. <laughs> Not, yeah. <laughs> but, but so Shrek is like, we find out that he basically is, he's like, there's like a deep sadness to him and it stems from people's prejudice toward him and his loneliness in his life. Yeah. You know, well, or his, his loneliness and like his isolation, his self-isolation from the fact that people see him and they're terrified of him. Yeah, and it's he gets to that point in in his self-expression when they're looking mm -hmm. at the stars and, and him and Donkey are talking. But I mentioned yeah, it, it says, to you in the movie when we were watching it. I was like, mm -hmm. it seems really weird because Shrek, when we go through his first day montage, we, do, we get a full day in the life of Shrek and he looks content as a clam, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. He and was it, so down for that moment. Yeah, and so it's... And then in Shrek Forever After, for, you know, future spoilers, go watch it. But uh, he goes to Rumpelstiltskin and tries to get uh, one day back where he can just be an ogre, live his old life. So it's kind of... It's this interesting thing where... in going back to the onion thing, it's such a deep layer. But I think he, I think he thought he was happy. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, it think was he like actually a fake was happiness. happy because yeah. he's like, I'm not the one with the problem. Okay, it's the world, and this is when they're sitting the there looking at the stars. Problem with well, that's a problem with me. And then he says, they judge me for, or like it's the way he delivers it too. That's Mike Myers crushes the delivery on so many of these lines. But they judge me before they even know me, you know. And and I felt that man, like I even know, like from my personal life, like sometimes you get pinned as a certain person, this could be, it could be prejudice. It could be people that don't know you, or it could be people that know you really well, or, or they seem, they think they know you really well, but in your mind, like I know I have felt whether it was in college or even at work, like that I've gotten pinned as that type of person, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and in college, it was like to the detriment of like, what I felt was like people not understanding who I actually was, you know, them seeing me and like being kind of like an outsider of a, one of the friend groups that I, you know, people that I really love, but you know, like not understanding that, like, or me being like, they don't, they see me as this thing. And I, you start playing into it. Like you start playing yeah. it up or like subconsciously you become that person that they think you are, you know, like, and I can't even, I don't even know how to articulate what that yeah, feeling no, was with the I, college I see what you're saying. It's, it's, yeah. it's how, you know, like the world perceives you, then you begin to perceive yourself. Definitely. And you I know? think Shred does that at, at work. I was going to say like, you know, there's a, I have a very dry, sarcastic sense of humor a lot of times. And, and I've definitely felt it in conversations where like, oh, it's, you know, we like had a, during quarantine, like we got back out together at the park, you know, and got to hang out. And I said something, you know, and they're like, oh, I miss Russell's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, of course, this is a joke. And I was just like, yeah, like I, I see that, you know, but like I do that because work would be boring if someone wasn't being a little goofy, you know, yeah. but it's not like who I am. But but so with Shrek, it's like Shrek, I, I don't think he really wants to be this evil ogre that's trying to scare people away from his land. He wants his land. He doesn't want people messing with him. But then at the same time, I think he wants to be loved. And Donkey is the first person who doesn't judge him. Donkey's yeah. the first person who just doesn't see him as a monster uh, and, and and starts I, to peel back those layers. And I think subconsciously Shrek takes that. And because like, remember when he's like trying to get rid of Donkey and doing all this stuff and that like, he could have tried harder. He could have killed Donkey. Like easily. Oh, yeah. he, easily. Eats, he eats all these animals like all the time. He's an ogre and like, but 
there's probably this subconscious part of Shrek that really does want a companion and it takes somebody giving him a thousand chances and donkey gives him a thousand chances to peel and, and, and works hard at that mm-hmm. outer layer to get to the the layer beneath and beneath and beneath yeah. you know does i don't know this and this doesn't it's not a spoiler for me does shrek have parents do we know shrek's parents yeah i think family no, actually, I, I don't know. I don't know if yeah. we ever get... We we do learn in Shrek Forever After that there's other ogres out there. Okay. There's like a community somewhere. I don't know where they went to or where they are in the first movie, but in the fourth movie, there are other ogres. So we know that it's, there's, there cool. is part... Like Shrek probably didn't have to go and live secluded. He had probably other options, you know? Maybe, yeah. Um, the other false personas, though, like... Fiona is an obvious one. You know, Fiona knows that she is a Shrek or a, a Shrek. Everybody's a Shrek. Everybody's a Shrek. <laughs> nice little call that there. Uh, she knows she like has the ogre curse or whatever, mm-hmm. but her personality too, like when we start to see who she really is and what she enjoys and she loves the gross food that Shrek cooks up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I think she over time also, like we start to unpack her a little bit more and get deeper in it and we see she can kill Robin Hood and, and you know, Matrix a bunch of his men and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but like, that, I mean, that goes into when Shrek does the onion speech and he's like, ogres have layers. Yeah. Onions have layers, ogres have But layers. she's a human. Like, she is but a human. But I think that's part of what they're saying is yeah. that everyone has layers. Yeah, we're and all ugly. Uh, Donkey has layers because you start to realize, you know, he has his sad moments and he's he's lonely. Yeah. Dragon has layers. Uh, Lord, the only one that doesn't is Farquaad. I mean, yeah, that's and, good. Well, I think Lord Farquaad does too, man. I mean, or as far as a false persona or whatever. Pars- I mean, yeah. So, but he has layers too in the sense that like, so Dragon is this big, scary, like supposed to be like, you know, a terrifying dragon and killing people and does do that. We see that, remember the cookbook? Yeah. Or whatever, like there was a, how they eat. A for night. those who didn't catch it, there is a giant, like, 10 foot cookbook in the castle that's how to cook a knight. And it was like the line on the bottom was like, This is a really tender cut of meat. Yeah, <laughs> so like that. funny. But, but then we see her, you know, she gets into the light or whatever, and she's got makeup on. And he's like, You're a lady dragon, you know, mm-hmm. like, like so. And then she ends up being, you know, like a hero and she eats Lord Farquaad. Yeah, well, you know, and, well, go back away. Yeah. What were you saying about Lord Farquaad's Farquaad? Yeah, so Farquaad. I, he's got the false persona because he's, uh, you know, he's got Napoleon well, he's prideful. complex. Yeah, he's, I mean, that's his whole thing is like, he's he's so prideful, but I think it's it's all the hide the fact that he is a very uh, self-centered, like insecure man, you know, mm-hmm. and, and probably a lot of it stems from his shortness or whatever, you know, like, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to project. You trying to make the audience Farquaad. feel sympathy towards Farquaad right I, now? I think he's. I think he's just super insecure. I mean, we literally see when he pulls up to try and impress Princess Fiona. He's on the horse and he's got not only fake legs that are going down, gloves. but fake gloves that extend his arms out. You know, and make <laughs> him like normal size. Like, and then his whole town is so perfect or whatever, and he's got this giant tower and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. You know, and it's like, like. Dude, I go see a therapist. <laughs> yeah, Gosh, yeah, you're killing me. You're killing me for for ripping on him oh, before. Now, and then you go like, see a therapist. We've already been over this on the podcast. You haven't cried in years. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't actually last the last one I cried in, and, and I did remember. So it's I teared up some solid tears. Okay, we watched that movie Soul. Soul. I don't know if you watched it yet. Is that the horse one. No, that's the um. <laughs> 
guy and you know that's spirit that's the spirit <laughs> yeah you're right i think we had the same conversation literally when we, we watched yeah this movie. we did but, but that was a good one if you go go watch it i had to tangent there because that oh is gosh. the last time i cried yeah we literally me and my girlfriend after that podcast recording we were both like first thing we said to each other when we saw each other was or she said she was like Ned doesn't cry. <laughs> like, like Ned, he needs to cry. And I'm like, I know he does. <laughs> I don't know. I just have, I have a pretty happy life. And, oh uh, my gosh. Get, that means some movies get me choked up for you got sure. Many, man, you got uh, some thick onion layers that some, need to be peeled back. <laughs> I pretty much wear myself on my sleeve. I, I try my best, man. I, don't, I think every listener, if you don't cry, man, like <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Um, you're fooling but yourself if you, got, you don't believe it. You got me it. thinking. I mean, with the theme of the movie was that everybody has layers. So, you yeah. know, like why put it past like Farquaad that he wouldn't have layers of insecurity and totally does. why is he evil? You know, we we talked about that in, in our Adventure Time podcast of why are the why is the Ice King evil? Why yeah. is Princess Bubblegum the way she is? And so like it's- Is Lord Farquaad even evil? I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, the most evil thing he does in my mind- other than con contracting a, uh, a ogre, which isn't that bad, he's just like, hey, here's some, here's your land. You know, I'm I, really the worst thing he does outside of what I'm about to say is he sends a bunch of people to the ogre's land without his permission. But he's the lord of the land, and whatever. I don't know. Uh, is he rips off and destroys the legs of uh, the, the gingerbread, the gingerbread man, man in front of his face. Like yeah. that was, he's, when I was rewatching He's got that, a torture chamber too. Like that's, yeah. It's a little shady. It's, it's a, a little, little shady. shady. Uh, but we're not seeing him behead people. I don't know what like, you know, what time periods morals we're gonna, you know, we're using here. But just the fact that he crumbles up uh, the gingerbread leg right in front of him. That, well, and at the end, so end of the movie, you know, Gingy's got one stitched on leg and, and candy cane cane. And uh, mm -hmm. so where did he get the the second leg? Or no, he only crumbled up one leg. He crumbled up uh, one, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I don't know. So I, I think Lord Farquaad's got some layers. Uh, he's he's not a good character. He's definitely a, a Farquaad. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. He's got, he's got some layers, man. But you're, you, so that was your like false personas. Yeah, like, and that kind of really put into the relationships thing too, man. I mean, we talked about Shrek and Donkey and then and then Shrek and Fiona. I mean, uh, I just, I love the scene. I just want to point out the scene where Fiona takes the initiative and goes out of her way with Shrek and, and basically is like, hey, Donkey, like, you know, you look, you're looking sick, you know, or whatever and tricks Donkey because they see the castle, they're about to get back. And then she's like, I gotta bide some more time. Mm -hmm. And this is before Shrek, you know, the whole like, uh, she's talking about how ugly she is and Shrek thinks that she, she's talking about him or whatever. But she's like trying to buy time. And she's like, oh, donkey, you look so sick. And Shrek gets wind of like what she's doing, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and then they just like have this wonderful exchange. And donkey, Eddie Murphy is just so funny right yeah. there. Well, you know? I, I realized it first when, um when right when they beat Robin Hood and his merry men that she uh sends him off to get the blue flower red thorn blue flower red thorn that's and true she yeah. goes i just Maybe was trying, that was the first i just time. was trying to get rid of him and she so you're it, right, it, you're right. it started to spark in her that she'd been locked away for something 18 odd years or whatever and she this wrecks this probably first person that she's had people interaction with she's so by the books 
that when she realizes that she can put her guard down, that she, that's like the minute she falls in love with him. And it, and it, so it's early on. It's as early as Robin Hood and the Merry Men, you know? But she doesn't realize that she can love him until Donkey is, and Donkey's the one, Donkey peeled back Shrek's lairs. Donkey goes and hangs out with Fiona in the house mm -hmm. and Fiona says, hey, look, I'm a ogre. Yeah. You know, well, and, and he says and, that's perfect because yeah. Shrek has, you know, Donkey can read Shrek at this point. So he knows. Yeah. He makes her realize that she can love Shrek, mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and she should. That and maybe acceptable. she does. Yeah. yeah. And then, and by the end of that conversation, Gina, she busts out the windmill and she's ready to tell him. She's in, in her ogre form. She's like all like ready. And I just, I love that that is, you know, when you're talking about relationships and stuff, that when you can find that person where, you can show them your ogre side, or show them your, your ogre side. show them your demons per yeah. se. Let's be in on the the deeper psychological perspective. Okay, uh, demons out of the closet or whatever, like that. That's the kind of person that when when you start kind of breaking down that barrier, where you can burp in front of them, you can fart in front of them. That's in my book like a pretty key part to a long lasting relationship is that there's you can be unabashedly yourself. You know. Yeah, there's no hope for me then. Can't, can't, <laughs> can't no, burp or fart in front no, of us. No toots in front of Allie? <laughs> uh, uh, um, no. Uh, maybe one day. We'll see. We'll get there. Uh, man, I, my lovely was... Uh, this is my lovely segment. Give, give me some sugar, baby. Oh, the lovelies. Are you <laughs> you're trying to do the thing I do for your segment? G -g 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 give me some sugar, baby. We, got it, we have the sound bite. Ah. It just was played a second ago. It just was played a second Um. <laughs> The three blind mice are probably my lovelies. Mm, that's a good one, man. It was just it was such a cool scene where they're like blind and like goofing off and, and found some cheese. They're, but they're like dodging Shrek and like <laughs> wrecking havoc. I just that was so great. And then and Donkey is just I well, don't and like know. Not, not to mention Can't in Shrek Two, they're they're Ocean's Thirteen, Ocean's Eleven, a heist on the kingdom, and I the three to, blind mice are like part of the heist. I gotta rewatch that. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. We'll, we'll get there. The three blind mice are probably my lovelies for this episode or this movie. Oh man, my lovely would have to be Gingy, man. I'm glad you said that because I knew we were gonna get some hate if he wasn't mentioned. Yeah, Gingy. Well, you've heard me just do like at least like three quotes this whole episode and oh. like voice acting. Like, God bless us, everyone. Burn my gumdrop buns. Oh, that was my try at it. Um, <laughs> Mine's not that good either, don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, and then, uh, man, I got I got a little lesson. Uh, I got two lessons, actually. Oh, yeah, hit me. So first is do what you love and embrace who you are. Mm -hmm. And that is the real lesson, I think, of this movie. The real takeaway is just like, just do that. Just embrace who you are and, and love it. And like, it's really hard to do sometimes. Uh, and especially if you're someone who's putting yourself out there and you know, you're getting feedback from random people or whatever. I could only imagine uh that is probably a really difficult way to live life as a celebrity or yeah, an influencer or whatever. I think about that constantly. I think about, you know, people that you idolize or people that um, you may be somewhat jealous of just like the way they live their life. Um, it, the, the, I just said it before, but be unabashedly yourself. Like, yeah, the grass is not always greener on the other side. It may look greener. that way, but. And also, I mean, it's it makes life so much easier. It makes relationships so much easier because even if you are unabashedly yourself and someone's like, I don't like that, then you're like, well, that's not going to be, we're not going to be friends. And that's, that's cool. You know? Yeah. Um, 
So I'm I'm with you on that. I have a different way of phrasing it typically, but I, that's something that I think about, you know, a lot, it's you know. So difficult to do. I mean, you know, I don't want to understate that. Like it is really hard to actually embrace who you are. Um, but I think our generation is a lot better at doing it than previous generations have mm -hmm. been. Uh, and well, we I make it that's really socially awesome. and culturally acceptable. Yeah. You know. Uh, and the other thing is so dumb. Uh, I don't know why I wrote this down, but ogres are like onions. Is my other lesson. Not like parfaits. <laughs> Not like, yeah. Not like Everybody cakes. loves parfait. Everybody, <laughs> Everybody loves cakes. <laughs> Man, I don't know about lessons because I think, you, I mean, you hit the lesson of the movie. We've talked like talked to that through. Uh, lesson my my uh, not so serious lesson there you go. would be we need one. Swamp food somehow looks delicious. Does I it? don't know. I just that whole scene in the beginning where he's like cooking up a meal, and also when they are cooking those like rats on the spit. The rats they looked delicious. Did and then, not look that bad. And then bad. Shrek is like, uh, and squeeze their eyes for jelly. And he's like, actually, it's quite good on toast. And I'm like. Dang it! Now I want to try like no, you don't want to try the jelly, toast, the eye, eye jelly eye toast. You, yeah, well, I don't know, I don't know about that, but I definitely think that there's something to the rats on the stick. I think he definitely toasted mm -hmm. those up real nice. And but. he was talking about making like everything into stews, which is like again very like the Scottish Irish thing. He Mike Myers was going for, and he's like, I make a lovely stew. <laughs> Man, great movie. I I really enjoyed this. Yeah, man. We had fun. We had we had a lot of planning around this one and a lot of like talk leading up to the episode special. And I think that we I think that we crushed it, man. I like that's well, maybe a little well, bit prideful, but back um, to the egos. Back to our no, egos. No, I mean, I just I thought that we were gonna be overwhelmed with too much content, overwhelmed with uh are we just gonna do a scene by scene walkthrough of the movie? Is that gonna be boring? Didn't wanna do that. Didn't wanna do that. That we were gonna either not be able to pull out enough from it or not have fun of the but yeah. the cool part is the crazy fun facts from behind this movie was ahead of its time, crushed it in the box offices, crushed it on the sales, was a I mean it's a cultural so nostalgic. Icon. I mean, yeah, it's gonna hold up for years. Like yeah. the artwork, we'll see, but just the movie in general is so worth going back and rewatching, and hopefully yeah. y'all did that with us this week. Yeah, and once, I, I'm once really, you realized it was it was Shrek, be like, okay, yeah. maybe I listen to the podcast first, and then go back and and try to you know maybe what yeah, might have been look a surprise. For, look for those <laughs> things that we were talking about, or vice versa. You can watch it first and then listen to the podcast. Whatever works for you guys. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about the next time we have a little bonus episode. I, I'm guessing it won't be until the end of season one of Adventure Time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if these will ever be more frequent and or maybe one day they'll sit on a fun Patreon page or something like that, but uh, or some sort of a subscription page thing. But I, I really just like it being a part of the podcast if we can do that because I think it gives a nice little mix to what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, it, we'll figure that out. It I guess. does. And we, I mean, we want to give you guys a break. We want to realize that like we like, I mean, we, we reference so many other cultural things in our normal episodes that obviously it was, you know, due time that we dig into one of those cultural and not consider it a quote unquote tangent. Definitely. Well, thanks, you guys. Thanks for following us and reviewing us and uh, review us on Apple Podcasts, blah, 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 blah. And also follow us on Instagram at Never Ending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Never Ending Adventure Cast. 
Uh, don't follow us on Twitter unless you just really want to at NEA underscore podcast. We don't post to Twitter. <laughs> I do. I do. I post. Occasionally. But yeah. it's, it's just like knockoff Instagram posts. <laughs> um, yeah. We love y'all. And see y'all next week. Love the you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.